Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our party. Once again, this is Star Style, be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany will be with us shortly. You are listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And instead of waiting for something better to happen, we want to create it right here, right now for you. I have two miracle moments for you today, brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. We will be at the Pear and Wine Festival coming up in September. For more information, visit www.btsya.org. And the first one is from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. And we'll be doing a segment today on kindness because uh, August 26th is actually the 104th birthday of Mother Teresa. So we want to honor her and, um, and with that. And the second miracle moment is from a good friend of the world, and that is Robin Williams. No matter what people tell you, Words and ideas can change the world. And isn't that right, Heather? Don't you think that it's what we know? Oh, it's 100% not 100% agree. Yes, yes. It's when, you know, people can, it's, it's, we think that our words don't matter. And so often, you know, as we've said in other things, is that 
you know, we always say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But words can break our hearts, and they really can change the world. So this is why we have to be positive. Well, in our show today, as I said, we are going to be talking about Mother Teresa, the 104th anniversary, and what acts of kindness are you performing on a daily basis We're also going to talk about how your emotions can secretly aid you and how our expressions and emotions are linked, and that's coming up right here in Health Matters. I'll be talking to you about how the Internet contributes to the oversharing of personal information and what we can do to protect our kids. But right now, Heather and I want to discuss the death of actor and comedian Robin Williams that sent a shockwave throughout the world this past week. Both Heather and I had the privilege of working with him on movies. I am Mrs. Doubtfire and Jack, Heather as a, for a long time on Jack. And we just want to recall some of the joy and the laughter that he brought to everyone he met. Heather, let's just start uh, with Jack. I, I mean, I know that you were just as devastated as I was, as the whole world is. He brought so much joy into our life. But, you know, what an experience that was to be your age and to work with him. He was like a kid himself. Oh, my gosh. Completely. And, and you know, so I was thinking it was so crazy because I was six grades. I was only about 11, 12 then. And to think that, you know, that's 18 years ago, how long that was. Um, he was so, so it, you know, if you remember the movie, Jack, about... You know, that he looked, you know, he was in his 40s, 50s, playing this guy, playing this kid that had this disease that, you know, ages so quickly. I, I think it was it 10 times or four times. It was, was four times. Be, yeah, he played he, a 10 year old. He was supposed to only be, you know, 12 or so, but he has, he looks like he's a 40 year old man. And, um, you know, something that just of how near, you know, life, um, uh, art imitates life. Uh, he was just like a big kid, and he during you know, the lunch times he was always playing with us or in between takes. Um, he always had this humor, and he always just so relatable to children, and um, just this sort of just natural ability, and just this sort of you know joy. Just sort of it seemed like he always had this joy of life and just this goofiness that as a kid we love. You know, I, I feel like I'm still a goofy person, but um, he was just. So wanted, I felt like just wanted to make the kids feel so special, and um, you know, and we had so many laughs and so much fun uh, working on set. And and you know um, what's know interesting? I'm looking at a photo right now of you and Allison Whitbeck and all the kids that I coached for Jack because I was privileged to many of the kids that that appeared on the movie Jack were uh, my acting students and I was able to get them cast in the movie uh, for different parts. And I have this adorable picture of you guys. And if anybody wants to see it, you can go to starstyleradio.com for today's show and you'll see this picture. And, uh, you know, I think that what you're saying about him, uh, even during breaks and when um, Francis Ford Coppola, who was the director of that film, would call cut, he never stopped. He was constantly entertaining. He was just, you know, it was like the class clown. Oh, completely. And, and you know, and I just remember so many times during the lunges, and you know, I think, you know, especially for principal actors, this is the one time, you know, where they can kind of get away from anything, and you would always come to the table with, um, with where the, where the kids were, and, you know, continue to keep us in our team and laugh with us, and, um, you know, I love it, and I know, you know, I, 
uh, my my brother, who no longer you know works in this industry, but uh, working on Mrs. Doubtfire, and as is that you know what you worked on as well. Um, you know, I think he just did so much for for so many people. Um, you know, who got the chance to work with him and just what a joy he was. But also, I feel for many people in the San Francisco area for what it did for San Francisco is that him living there, he was such a big supporter of um, have things being filmed there. So he brought you know a lot of revenue um, to the area in that way. And I think of just the impact he made in other people's lives. Of I, I, you know, you told me earlier this week that it's still the number one thing uh, that's on the Internet and you know, people are tweeting about, talking about. Um, I think it's sad that, you know, oftentimes it's not until someone is no longer in our life that, you know, we get those chances to reflect of how much they meant to us. And for so many people, and I mean, I can say I, I got the opportunity to work with him 18 years ago. I, you know, I, I can't say beyond of how I, I knew him so much as a person or anything like that. But people, when they become these characters, when they're so in um, the public life, people really feel like they do become a part of people's lives. And of how many people are just so, so sad and, and um, you know, feel like this was a comedian, this was someone who had such a great influence on their life. And, you know, suddenly now people are, are flooding to watch all these, you know, older movies that he used to be in and, you know, Mark and Mindy, um, and just what an impact he had on everyone overall. So, so well, it's such know, a sad life. I mean, such a, such a sad loss. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I think, again, I think something that's hard for people uh, to understand or what we revel with. I'm, sadly, I, I feel in this last year, um, there's been, um, you know, deaths of, of actors. Um, some, you know, and as you know, in general, there, you know, when, when suicide happens and people always feel that, uh, you know, how could someone who has so much and seems like so this, you know, right. want to do that? But, but as you know, I mean, I think, I think everyone can say that they've definitely felt um, those, emotions in life where you feel that you aren't significant enough or even when you are, uh, you, you are, you have successful, you have great friends, you have a great job. Um, a lot of times you know, your own personal demons work against you. And he had been open about before about struggling with depression and man depression and, and his bouts with alcoholism and drug and, and um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people this seems so out of nowhere. I remember when you told me that who knows, um, you know, probably, probably friends and family were aware of recent struggles or anything going on in his life. So, well, and, you know, um, I think it also brings to mind, I mean, because I know people have been saying to me this whole week, and it seems the question that's constantly floating around is how could someone who brought so much joy and laughter to the masses feel so alone and so empty? And you'd bring up a good point. Is First of all, we never know what goes on behind closed doors. And so very often when you are that accomplished and um, that revered, it's always, it's very challenging to always put on your best face. I mean, how do you top your best? You know, I mean, what do you, it's like where do you go after you've been to the top? And so I think that is really hard too. And it and um, just because a lot of people look up to you and think you're the greatest and all of this doesn't mean that you don't feel alone because you know loneliness and being alone are, are rather are rather different. So we never really know what the struggles. Are and the fact is, is that we're all human and we're all plagued with insecurities and and demons and um, it just is just heartbreaking 
that, you know, despite the help that was out there, he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't able to, um, in the end, channel it. I think the, the wonderful thing is, is all the wonderful memories and the happiness and uh, the characters that he brought to the world. And, you know, uh, I, was, I was reading, I think it might have been Time a couple of days ago, saying, oh, and I know I read it in the Chronicle, is that something like 98% of all the news articles and posts and Twitters and, were all about him this week. It was just, and, and I'm talking about around the world. It was like he really did have an impact. And uh, you know what, Heather, I know you've seen it in my office, but of all the celebrities I've worked with over the years, I only kept one photo of a celebrity I worked with um, in my office, and it's Robin from Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's autographed. And he autographed it in his typical character of being Mrs. Doubtfire. And it says, all my love, my dear, Robin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what Mrs. Doubtfire used to say, all my love, dear. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it just, you know, it makes you, it, I'm just very, very sad. And I hope that his family um, will be able to, Sail through this time of sorrow. It's it's always especially hard, I think, when when um, someone commits suicide. You know, I just wanted to mention you were talking about uh, on Jack how he played with the kids and he entertained you during the breaks. Um, I played the role of the model that his father in the movie was a photographer and I was his model in it. But there's a scene where. Um, we are at a bar, and and he, Jack, as you know, he's in this forty-year-old body, but he's really only ten. Is trying to pick up on Fran Drescher, who plays the mother of Lewis, who is one of his kid friends. And it was so. This was one of the funniest scenes because every time Francis would call cut. Robin never stopped, and he was just ad-libbing and improvising, and. Um, Jumping on the crew, oh, and he had us all laughing so hard that hardly anybody could stay in character. But and we would say, you know, we're actually getting paid to be here, you know? yeah. <laughs> and that's how you felt uh, being around him. But I know we want to get into our topic for the day, so I just want to um, end this salute to Robin Williams and thank him for for being the amazing person that he was, and let him know that that he will always be with us and he's taught us to live in the moment. And I think that the, his graduation speech from the movie Jack inspires me to my, as much today as it was when we shot it in the film. And this is what he said. In the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer skies where the stars are strung across the velvety night and a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. And make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. And mm-hmm. that gives me chills because his, he was quite spectacular. So thank you, Robin and Nano Nano. <laughs> so, Heather, with that, let's go yeah, on well, I mean, to emotions. The segue into that then is... 
you know, speaking of smiles and laughter, and, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine, um, and, you know, laughing makes you live longer, and those things of laugh lines and smile lines, and maybe laughing and smiling makes you look younger. Because facial expressions, must we know, um, the way we feel can affect the way we look. And, you know, when people just say, when you're happy, your, your skin is glowing, you know, when good news, a lot of times they say when people... Uh, you just got engaged, everyone just, or, you know, you talk about someone that you have such emotion for, uh, people will say, you're glowing, oh my gosh, you look, you look so happy, you look so good. And right, also, people, when they're when pregnant, you talk about or... something bad and you frown and you squint of how that affects your, your life as well, and you wear your life on your face, your, uh, you know, uh, scientifically and medically, like, your face is a skin, uh, a Inner, one of your skin is epidermis. Your epidermis is your skin, epidemiology. Um, and that's why um, it's more susceptible to wrinkles, I mean, especially around your eye area. That is a very, very thin layer, and that's why we buy very expensive creams that are rich in things, um, and it's very sensitive. It can, um, If you try using different products, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, they, they'll swell up, and uh, another just, kind of related with the skin, oftentimes with allergic reactions because the area is so skin and prone, that's why it will redden, it will puff up. Um, but laughing makes you live like you, they're, they're body, your body is nothing but muscles as well. And many muscles in your face um, are connected to uh, you know, your expressions. You know, when we eat, when we talk, when we open, close our eyes, um, we're always expressing emotions. And even if we're not saying anything, I mean, you can look at someone and you can see if someone's mad at you or if someone's happy. And uh, as you often know, you know, silence sometimes is the worst thing. You know, when people just look at you and they have that look and you're like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Or, ooh, someone had a bad day. Um, and, I know. You know I hate just... those looks. Looks sometimes are worse than words. Exactly. And making expressions exactly create emotions. Um, you know, just and similar things, you know, if you eat something sour, your face puckers up or you eat something delicious or you eat something hot. Um, little do we know. And even it's funny, uh, sometimes I can't help but laugh. If you're ever in uh, a restroom with girls doing their makeup or if you're doing makeup with friends, how we make these certain faces when we put on, you know, when we apply lipstick or how we do our eyes are, are automatically and on an unconscious level, you know, we will make these, you know, weird faces uh, as we apply things to our face. Um, and so just kind of getting back. So anyways, um, what all this means is that sometimes simple changes in our expressions um, over time, you know, people get, you know, from frowning, they get these lines in their forehead or from smiling. And being just a little bit happier, I always think smile lines are a lot better than uh, frown lines. And it actually takes more muscle in your face to frown than it does to smile. And that's usually my thing I always say to people, um, which is a scientific fact, uh, that when people, because I, I feel like I'm constantly a smiley person in general, um, that people say, why are you smiling? One of my jokes is that it takes more muscles to um, frown than smile. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort to be happy. And the fake it, you make it oftentimes, uh, you know, when you just start smiling, you start just feeling better. And right, and you know that it changes. I totally agree. I mean, I've always said that a smile gives your face value, and that whole idea of the uh, of more muscles to frown than to smile—it's really true. And and so 
it's so important because when you put a smile on your face, it actually changes the dynamics of your energy and of your whole personality. I mean, it, it changes your physiology. You wouldn't think it does, but it does. And, you know, something different, you know, a lot of times, so, you know, the biggest thing that's been now is with Botox and Juvederm and, um, you know, all these kind of fillers to get rid of uh, a smile and frown and, you know, the scrunching of the forehead lines, but oftentimes when people are left almost expressionless. So sometimes people feel like, okay, well, if I don't smile, if I don't frown, if I sort of just keep this blank look that that's better, um, but actually holding your feelings inside and not expressing them um, can actually do things that are going to promote a different, uh, that are going to affect your face. So a lot of things, if you hold anger inside, you might be prone to then grinding your teeth or um, clenching your jaw, and over time, what that's going to happen is, is it's going to create an overgrowth of your jaw muscles. Um, the same muscles, um, these are the same muscles you use for chewing. Uh, I don't know, some Wow, I didn't even know that, but those are good. After a while, you're like, my jaw hurts from eating, from chewing on this so long. Um, But we actually, we have these muscles in our face, and these can make our our jaws look more square, more bottom heavy, uh, which can sometimes make us look older. And, um, you know, as we actually, as we age, we lose elasticity in our face. We lose the volume. Um, So the combination of those two are going to make your face look more saggy um, and aging. And as we know, too, of how one of the greatest things uh, I know I need to get more of it is the sleeping. When we have a great night's sleep, it shows, you know, we feel better. Thus, we're going to be happy. We're going to be less scratchy. But um, our, our body has a time to regenerate. Like all things, you know, they still, one of the biggest mysteries in life is how they don't, you know, not knowing why exactly we, we do, that naturally we have these patterns of sleeping and waking. But what happens at night, um, when we sleep is our body regenerates cells. Um, this is for skin as well as our nervous system, our brain that's why after we've slept, we have, you know, better cognitive reasoning, we, we think better. Um, but when we don't get enough sleep, our body, again, kind of goes in this confusion, this overhaul. So that's why our eyes will get puffy. Lines are more, um, you know, pronounced. You can see things more. You, you start wearing everything on your face. Um, so kind of things to think of also, you know, hydration, getting that in. Overall, just being happy and taking those steps doing the little things that make you happy, that's going to affect your skin. Um, and our face, as we know, is a tall tale of everything. You can have an amazing body um, and not to say of uh, being attractiveness when your face looks good, when you have a youngerness, when you're not having all those lines, you feel better about yourself as well. Um, so it's sort of that, you know, laughter and bringing in to Robin Williams, you know, laughter is a great medicine, um, a great factor for healthy skin, for overall um, keeping you young. Um, I think one of the great things you can really see when people have, I know for me, I have two big lines, right, on my, and it's from smiling, where I, I really like it when I, I keep my mouth completely straight. And then when mm-hmm. I smile, I instantly mm-hmm. see, like, oh, my goodness, I have these big creases. But I can't really... You know, what my face would look like without it, I don't feel like it would be appealing as well. I, so, yeah, right, um, right. You know, it's funny because the, uh, the photo I was talking about from that's back in 1996, and I'm in this picture too, and I have... We're all we're all smiling, and I have these smile lines on each side. And I was comparing it to 
what I look like now. And I still have those smile lines. You know, they're a bit deeper, but I think that's what makes you, um, that it, that's what gives your, your face definition and that's what gives you life. So I think it's so much better that we smile and show our happy side. And again, we have Robin Williams to thank for that. Well, I like this. I like this idea that the most beautiful thing that you can wear is a smile, and it's more powerful. Never fully dressed without a smile. You're no. I like that, Heather. It's the most powerful thing you have. Your your tool in your toolbox, better than any cosmetic treatment you can do. So put a smile on your face and just fake it till you make it, and you'll probably be happy. So, uh, do you want to wind it up? Yeah, most uh, definitely. That uh, some you know that we the lines on our face and trust me, I don't. I love eye creams and this, and I can tell what uh, if I've gotten a good enough sleep, if I've been happy, if I've been sad. Uh, but the biggest thing is that truly, a smile does give face value. Um, I think it gives it better than any makeup or anything. Um, and not to say again, speaking of always, be honest with your your emotions, but. Again, negative emotions not only eat you up in the inside, um, you know, holding things inside, but it affects you internally and it's going to affect you externally, uh, physically-wise. So find the little things, maybe it's a funny movie, maybe it's talking with a friend, find things that are going to make you happy. And not only is it going to improve your insides, but it's going to improve your outsides and keep your longevity of life as well as in your face. And life will be so much sweeter when you smile and be happy. And again, as we've said before, happiness is a choice. So, you know, we can choose to smile, we can choose to frown, and our faces and our our physique will show the remnants of that. So be happy. Don't worry, <laughs> be happy. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Network. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Bickney. And when we come back from break, we're going to just give a tribute now to Mother Teresa and talk a little bit about kindness. You can uh, listen to us also at our website and see pictures of Robin Williams and Heather and I working on the movie at www.starstyleradio.com. We'll be right back. The star you are, the star you are. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are dot org. Be the lucky star you Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. 
lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are, you are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the power hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, I appreciate you staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every day is a great day. Well, Philip James Bailey said, kindness is wisdom. And one of the things that I loved about Mother Teresa is she had a do-it-anyway philosophy. And this is sort of an edited version of her do-it-anyway verses. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. When you spend your years creating, others could destroy you overnight. Create anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it'll never be enough, but give your best anyway. And let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. And be the living expression of kindness, kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, and kindness in your smile. So this week would have been the 104th birthday of uh, Mother Teresa, who was just such an inspiration to the entire world, bringing her peace and her kindness to the poor. And, you know, she just did it so, so, uh, so from the heart and so much with integrity. She always walked her talk. So kindness is something that we need to also be to ourselves. And, you know, as we mature and go about our days, we have to remember that a little TLC is also good for us and not only for our friends and family and colleagues around us, but we have to treat ourselves with kindness and treat our bodies, uh, you know, with goodness by nurturing them as best we possibly can. The world today is so much about the hustle and bustle. It is ebb and flow. And sometimes we just need to get off that ride and get into a relaxation mode. And it's very challenging. I mean, you know, we're always battling with this notion of striking that happy balance. It's not something we can do all the time, but at least we strive for it. And as Heather was saying, it's hard to get enough sleep and sleep has been proven in all research to be a cornerstone of our health. So to be kind to ourselves, we have to give our permission, ourselves permission to unwind, to decompress, to take a, a rest, a nap, and sleep. And, you know, as you delve into this topic, there's some studies that were published in the Journal of Social and Cultural Geography back in 2012. And the study examined the whole notion of pampering yourself by collecting data from interviews in spas in the southwest of England. 
Now, the information that was collected indicated that pampering, such as the as in the form as a visit to a spa, is becoming increasingly important as part of a broader health and bodily maintenance. The study said that pampering ourselves is capable of providing a space for relaxation and withdrawal from our responsibilities of not only home and the workplace, but just from everyday life. So treating ourselves um, and our loved ones to something relaxing is crucial for good health. And I know for me, I've uh, had the privilege of speaking at spas around the world. And as much as I love inspiring and motivating and doing the lectures at spas, my favorite part is always partaking in those relaxing activities and getting the massage and doing the steam and and um, swimming in the pool and then just going to meditation classes or getting some of the exercise classes that very often I don't have time for. So in other words, to treat yourselves uh, to relaxation is an excuse to have some fun and it is something that is necessary. And, you know, you don't have to just do it through spa kinds of ideas. You can do it by being kind to one another, by getting together, to uh, cook together, to play a game together, to try a hobby, to perhaps, um, you know, lose yourself in a fascinating book take a bubble bath, watch a great movie, go on a nice evening stroll. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can increase our health benefits and pamper ourselves and, you know, give ourselves that little bit of, of TLC. So make sure that when we're thinking of doing random acts of kindness and, and being kind to others, that we also are kind to ourselves. You know, getting back to Mother Teresa, you know, there is so much sickness in this world. And thankfully, there are many, many extremely gifted people in the medical field that can help to cure, prevent, you know, uh, some of these, these diseases or help people who are ailing to at least feel better. Like here in America, if you have a toothache, you go to the dentist and the dentist can check it. He can drill. He can fill. And usually the problem is solved. If you have an infection, you can go to your internist. You might be, have to have a, you know, a, an antibiotic, but usually it's treatable. You break an arm, you go to the doctor, you know, whatever it is. You feel a lump, you see an oncologist. Well, what happens is, is it changes you when you know that there is a treatment. But what about when people are grumpy and mean and unkind? Can't just being kind change people and be a kind of healing as well? So, you know, think about it. If you, um, you know, if, if you found somebody who was going to a class and they were late and they're already feeling badly, maybe you might be able to do something to, you know, help them to ease the pain for them. Um, if, if you can open the door for someone, you can help somebody cross the street. If you sent, you know, a, thinking of a teen, if she was in class with someone who was just berated for being late, maybe you can pass them a little unexpected note just saying, you know, that you um, empathize with them. If your teacher gives you a good grade that you weren't expecting, you know, 
maybe you can at least express some gratitude and thanks. I mean, feeling kindness from someone and feeling valued, it's an instant mood enhancer. Then doing kind things for others is definitely medicine for the soul. So choosing to be kind, even in an environment of negativity, makes you unstoppable. So Mother Teresa was really the ultimate ambassador for kindness and compassion. She believed so much in kindness and leaving this place a better a better a world. And no matter what we did is to can constantly to constantly do things that would enhance other people. So you want to always, you know, make people feel appreciated because everyone needs to know that they are loved and cared for. So how can you do some things that would be simple? Because we're not talking about anything big. You know, you could volunteer to help someone. If someone is ill, you might be able to bring them some food. Um, if you have, um, if you know that your friend is really stressed out, maybe just a little note saying how much you care and if they need to talk that you are there. A lot of people have bad days. I mean, we all have bad days. We're all humans. So by giving somebody a, a sincere compliment, you might just make their day. Even if it's a stranger and you say, gee, that's a really nice shirt that you're wearing, or I like your smile. Try to find something that is positive to say and do every day. Uh, there are things, you know, if, if you have a friend that's moving, perhaps you might want to help them. Maybe you'll help clean somebody's house. Um, you know, you can, if, if you're at a restaurant and there's an elderly person sitting alone, you know, maybe you just would go up and ask, you know, say hello, and I hope you're having a lovely, a lovely meal. Uh, and, you know, also you might want to, if you have old clothing that, I don't want to say old, but things that are still in good shape, but you're not using them anymore, make sure to bring them to Goodwill or St. Vincent de Paul or someplace that would need them. You can donate these things. Whatever it is that you do, you just want to, every day, do something that is kind. You know, go to a convalescent home, sing a song, bring an animal, whatever whatever it is that you can do to make somebody else's day happier, it's going to come back to you tenfold. And if you want to get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, where all of our volunteers are making this world a better place, and we have lots of virtual volunteers doing things. You can contact us at btsya.org. And for kids that are going back to school, we have Club Be The Star You Are, which is an outreach program that does good things in communities and gets books to those in need. So if you'd like to start a chapter of Club Be The Star You Are at your school, then send me an email, Cynthia at BeTheStarYouAre.org, and I'll get back to you, and we will go from there. So when we come back from break, uh, we're going to be talking about the influence of the Internet, and especially the generation overshare, how we just might be putting out too much dirty laundry on Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter and all of that, and how, as parents, we might be able to uh, allow all this technology but be a little bit more astute. So don't go away. We have lots more to come. 
And remember to be kind. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we're coming to you live from the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. There are 100 million people over the age of 50 in the United States controlling 70% of the disposable income. They buy two-thirds of all the new cars, half of all the computers, and one-third of all movie tickets. People 50 and older spend $7 billion a year shopping online. 80% of all travel dollars flow from their credit cards. Consumers age 50 and older are the third largest economy in the world, trailing only the gross national product of the United States and China. But are older Americans being ignored by the marketplace? Between 2014 and 2030, the population of 50-plus will grow by 34%. Are you supporting the wisdom of the elderly, or are you locked into our youth culture? Boost your business with a touch of gray. It will fatten your bottom line. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. For more info or to book a coaching session, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we're coming to you live from the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and today we've been celebrating the life of Robin Williams and saluting him for all of his laughter and the smiles that he brought to us, as well as talking about the kindness of Mother Teresa. Now, we want to talk a bit about social media and Perhaps your teen is obsessed, but one of the things that is really happening today is technology is blurring the boundaries between public and private and between work and play. And it's interesting that teens are kind of completely comfortable with uh, this boundary blurring and this full disclosure kind of authenticity because they've grown up with it and parents really aren't that comfortable with it. And so that's probably one of the reasons that parents are hesitant about social media and technology is changing the character of relationships. Now, we've all witnessed celebrities having meltdowns on Facebook or on Twitter. You know, I mean, you can think of Justin Bieber or Amanda Burns or Alec Baldwin. 
And so often now people will just take to Facebook to announce things that are going on in their life that perhaps they don't really need the whole world to know. And the problem with airing our frustrations online is that our social media feeds knock down any walls we have between family, friends, romantic partners, and work. And where you might want to vent about your ex to your best friend or about your boss to your mom. But what happens is that you often lose track of who hears what, and you can't always control or even know where your message um, is going. So let's say that the same 20 people that usually comment on your post are commenting, you start to feel like that's your social network and it's a closed community. But the reality is that it might be a part of your group of friends, but it's still public. And even if it's uh, considered not public or if you unfriend someone, somebody else, all they have to do is do a a screen grab and they can copy and paste it and it can just, you know, go viral again. So what are you supposed to do if you witness a public meltdown? Well, there is a uh, Dr. Pamela Rutledge. She is a PhD, a director of media psychology research in Corona Del Mar. And what she suggests are two possible strategies for people. And that is if it's a good friend who's acting erratically, you want to contact them privately, find out how serious something is, and see what you can do um, to help them or to find out if it really is a real cause for alarm. And if you're not close to them, perhaps hunt for someone who is and ask if they can check in. Because they're, they're, it's possible there could also be a mental health issue at play and you don't really know. And that's not a good thing to be airing things on social media because you don't know what kind of comments that you're going to get. Um, If you're upset over something and you're tempted to go public, what she suggests is that engaging the rational brain before posting is a really good rule. So you can write anything you want, but before you hit send, you should read it again, maybe save it to a text file, then wait a few minutes, because what feels necessary to say in the moment might really be too much later on, and you might be an adult behaving like an adolescent on social media and then, you know, totally embarrass yourself. And it might be a struggle that you're going through. So you, when you are getting everything out there, I mean, it, it sometimes what happens with social media is we are just airing way too much of our dirty laundry or what we had for breakfast And sometimes it can also be dangerous. When you are posting pictures, you forget about the GPS and and you forget about the times and how if there's somebody who wishes you harm, how it's trackable. And, you know, you're showing your pictures in Hawaii. Well, now the whole world knows that you're out of town. Is it going to, is it possible that you might get burglarized? This happened to one of my friends recently. So, you, you know, there's a lot of those kind of negative things going on. Also, we've heard a lot about cyberbullying and sexting. And then you know, we've heard the, the, the horror stories. It is getting a lot of attention. And unfortunately, you know, these incidents are very sad. But bullying has also always been a part of our life, and we have to keep it in perspective. So as parents, we don't want to lecture our kids about the evils of social media. We don't, uh, you know, we don't want to just point to isolated incidences and then and then create a problem. We just want to create a dialogue. So we can't have anxiety about cyberbullying 
because it has exploded to a point where parents aren't really able to do the positive parenting that they need to, and a fear-based approach is scaring parents and making kids more understood. So fear is a big piece of this social media puzzle. Do we really know what our privacy settings are, and are we really private? So it drags that discussion down. What it helps to understand is that kids are mostly using technology just as they should. They're trying out new apps, they're meeting new people, and technology makes it easy and it makes it fun. And is there anything more exciting than a device that gives you access to a whole new world? And especially a device like a phone that you can keep in your pocket. But it doesn't mean that as parents, we don't have the right to share the experience with our teens. So here's a few things that a parent could do is we could say, hey, you know, that's a really cool app. Do you mind showing me how it works? I mean, what, what is Snapshot? Show me more about Pinterest, you know, whatever it is. So instead of it always being about monitoring or commanding or being in control, let it be about tone. So how much is too much and when is it appropriate to intervene? So you need to know your kid. How much time and access depends on age and maturity. So the best reason to limit social media is if your teen is experiencing problems. Are their grades slipping? Are they having some behavioral issues? Has social media become more important to them than anything else? I mean, are they constantly, constantly, uh, you know, on their phones or on their computers? Well, then you really have to have the discussion. The, you know, a lot of times if kids have depression or anxiety, it might be just overuse of social media and they may not be getting enough sleep. We've talked about sleep deprivation so much, but it is a key factor in depression and it's positively associated with kids sleeping with their phones and you know kids are having phones under their pillows which has also been shown to be destroying brain cells so we've got to be really careful with that there are some studies and I don't have the exact statistics but there are studies out there that are showing that um, with when you have the phone near you that it actually is cancer causing etc I know at our last uh, event our last fair event that we went to we had a whole group of people come and talk to our teens because they were they were advocating that you know as much as you use cell phones just don't have them so close to your body don't keep them in your pockets don't hold it next to your ear you know have some distance between them just and that was just really for a a health factor so of course we have to have rules and we have to have some limits and the right amount of screen time is a discussion that parents and their kids should have, and it needs to go both ways. So it, it, it just can't be, you know, I'm the parent, I know best, and that's that, because it doesn't work that way. So if you trust your kids, you need to monitor their social media use, but at the same time, you know, give them some space. I mean, you know you're at the right place in the social media discussion with your kids when you as a parent get bored looking at whatever you're looking at before they get bored of showing it to you. And it's human nature. Humans are animals. And if your kids perceive that there's a threat, that their phone might be taken away, or or that you might see something on one of their feeds, they're going to back away and they're going to protect their territory. 
So it doesn't mean that they're actually trying to hide something. It just may mean that you need to ask the question differently. So how do you start a discussion without backing your kid into a corner? You want to start from the place of trust and understanding. You want to get your fear in check. You want to set up ways for kids to show you that they can handle the technology. And you want to make sure that they are not doing anything that's negative. And that sometimes um, that bad things can happen and you want them to come to you. So if, if they're having a problem, you always want to say, I'm really happy you came to me with this issue. Let's see if we can work it through you know, together. So pick your times to talk. Don't pick the times when they're hungry or when they're tired. Like anything in life, you know, timing is everything. And you want to wait until the right moment. So what else can parents do to encourage good behavior and not so much sharing that it could be detrimental? Well, first of all, parental modeling is huge, but it is tricky because we need to be asking ourselves how much we are invested in social media before we take it up with our kids because kids are really aware of parents, how parents like to limit the kids' freedoms, but there may be the parents are giving themselves all the freedom and that really doesn't feel fair and that that's when the power struggles enter and there's never a win-win when there's a power struggle. It also doesn't do any good to find any fault. So the road to success with your kids is not in blaming and if you start from the place where technology is bad or if you tell them that using technology is bad, then you're going to be doomed. I mean, you have to think about it. These kids are raised on technology. They're born into it. It's part of their lives, and it's going to be really important for their future. So what we have to do is start from a place that technology is fabulous and realize that it can produce the most amazing, amazing futures for these young people. We want to encourage them to be creative And we don't know where it's all going, but we want them to be safe at the same time. So our kids are part of the digital future, and they're going to need digital skills to move forward. So we do want to encourage it, but keep them safe. And so there are a few things that you can do um, to establish safety, trust, awareness, respect. And this could improve the dialogue for social media. And here's just a couple a couple of tips is one thing you might want to do, and I, you probably, most people don't think of doing this, and that is Google your kids and Google yourself for that matter. See what kind of digital footprint they have. And you can even put in an email address and it'll come up where it goes. So also get smart about the geolocation. Understand how GPS can disclose your child's location. And then, you know, that can also... That could be good if you need to know where they are, but it could also be detrimental if somebody might be stalking them. Also, know what apps are on your kids' cell phones and ask them how they work. Friend your kids on Facebook and follow them on Instagram and Twitter, but don't comment. Just be kind of, you know, a fly on the wall so that you can keep aware of what's going on. Set some strong passwords and have that talk about not sharing passwords with their best friends or with anyone. Do a search of security settings for social networks and make sure that your kids use them. Check to make sure that cell phone numbers are private and are not listed on social media sites. You don't want that. You don't want anybody, you know, being able to call your kids. 
Talk with your kids about their favorite apps, their sites, and their games, and how they're going to use them for socialization. And ask if there's anything weird that has ever happened to them online, because that's another way to start a, a conversation. Also, it's something we don't always know as parents, but important to know, is when do your kids actually go to bed and when do they actually wake up and make sure that their devices are off at night. Again, that sleep deprivation is associated with depression and is a bad thing. And they really shouldn't have their phones in their rooms. So treat tech like it's being used in a public space and avoid all that secretiveness and that snooping and, you know, and anything that could be detrimental because it can catch up with you. And as much as we think it's private, it probably is public. And um, if one of your kids or if you have a, have a meltdown in public on a, uh, a social network, you want to talk to some people, you know, can talk to your friends. You don't might not be able to hire anybody, but you want to trust an advisor to find out what's the next step to get some tips for advice. If you need to apologize, address the problem head on. And sometimes you might first need to talk to the people who are affected by what you said and address that core issue and do that face-to-face or on the phone. And then also know when to just to shut up or stay mum. If the situation feels like it's gotten out of control, just pause, understand what's happening, and stop sharing. And, you know, you don't have to be on all these social networks. So use it for business. Use it for a little bit of fun. But don't use it as airing out your uh, dirty laundry. Well, thanks so much for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. We want you to be tuned in here to Star Style. Be the star you are with me, Cynthia Bryan, and with Heather Brittany so that we can bring you the new tips and the ideas and lots of information. For more about Star Style, visit star-style.com. To make a donation or get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org or btsya.org. Our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate, and we hope that you'll read a book this week. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Our gratitude to Robin Williams and Mother Teresa, and shoot for the stars. Be kind and laugh more. Signing off. Thanks for joining. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.